We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is another weekend we're inching closer to training camp it is your saturday crew on the pack a day podcast i am jason perone of game on wisconsin and the pack a day podcast the quick slants podcast along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. Mark, the East Coast, the beach, it's summer. What's going on? It's beautiful, Sonny. They're calling for a possible thundershower today, but uh, it's, if it does, it, it happens, and if it goes away, you don't even know what ever happens. So beautiful weather here. All right. Very nice. Very, very nice. Dairyland State of Wisconsin. Paul Brettel, what's happening over by Lambeau Field? I mean, it's summer here. Some days are in the 90s. Some days like today are mid-70s. But I will say we desperately need some rain up here. It's pretty dry. My lawn could use some watering. Oof. Well, if the lawn doesn't get the water, then you kind of don't have to cut it for a while, right? That's true. But I I don't mind cutting it, and I'd prefer that over some brown. That's true. Well, we're still at 115. All the way. sprinkler system, Paul. I know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm holding out on that. That's that's that costs a lot of money, Mark. <laughs> I understand. Water usage. So if Paul's going to have an astronomical water bill, and I'm going to have a huge AC bill because it's still 115 over here in the Phoenix area. And I just want you to know, when we record this, just so there's no background noise, and I try to keep it as quiet as possible. I actually have to turn the AC off in the house. So I just want you to know that these are the sacrifices I make for sacrifices. our team. Wow, absolutely. Appreciated. So in the end. You know, we, we, we do this every week. I'm sorry. We, we do this every week. And apparently it's like it's become a thing because big people are everywhere now talking about the weather here. And, um, you know, instant or direct, um, sending me direct notes and stuff saying like, uh, oh, yeah, Myrtle Beach is what? Like, I'm like, it's only to, like, they, they really look forward to this, which is kind of scary almost. But We're yeah. trendsetters. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, to the point where Dan Kotnick had to shape up when he stepped in during draft season. Yeah. 
Yeah, show everyone the ropes. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. So now that we know what every, what's happening in everybody's neck of the woods, as Al Roker would say, we're going to have a kind of a fun discussion today. And Paul's going to kind of lead us through the, the majority of that conversation as we talk through his recent. I think you, you wrote a recent piece with a 53-man roster update, Paul, and we're going to kind of talk through the offensive side of some of those selections. So I will turn the mic over to you. Take it away. Yes, yeah, so last Saturday at Dairyland Express, I came out with my post-minicamp 53-man roster prediction. I mean, there's been – it's the offseason, but there, I feel there's been a few things we can glean, um, and there's a lot of educated guessing involved as well. But with most – every NFL roster, a majority of the spots are counted for, so it's trying to figure out those fringe roster spots. And I think that rings especially true for the Green Bay Packers, considering they were – 13-3 and three went to the NFC Championship game, and they're bringing back a large portion of the roster. So I'm going to go through the offensive side. We'll go position by position. I'll explain my reasoning behind each selection. And then, of course, I want to hear Jason and Mark's thoughts, see if they change anything. They agree, disagree. I thought it would be a fun conversation to have. And as Jason said, we will only be doing the offensive side of the ball this week. Next week will be defense. Otherwise, chances are, knowing us, this would end up as a two-hour conversation. And we won't do that to you guys. <laughs> so let's start with the most important position, quarterback. So I rostered two quarterbacks. Um, I'm going to contradict myself right away because last year the Green Bay Packers kept three. And obviously having Jordan Love, Tim Boyle, in addition to Aaron Rodgers, that made complete sense. <laughs> But in most situations, I think that that third quarterback spot is honestly just a wasted roster spot. I think that that can be better used at a different position. So my quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Shouldn't come as a shock until there's some sort of you know, real news or evidence that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be here. I am operating under the assumption that he is going to be. He will be the starter. Jordan Love will be the backup. I think that's a given. I guess the conversation or where you guys may disagree if, if you think it's worth rostering a third quarterback. I think, and I'm with you 90% of the time, that I would only keep two quarterbacks because I think you can get more value to your roster by keeping an extra, whatever you want to keep, extra lineman, an extra receiver, an extra defensive back than a third quarterback. But <laughs> with with what's happened um, with Aaron Rodgers and the unknown, not just for this year, but to use, uh, you know, the, the – beyond 2021 quote that, that gets passed around a lot. Um, it might behoove the Packers to have a third quarterback um, just in case. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just, who knows? I, I, I mean, it's so unknown. We don't know what Rodgers is going with. We don't know what. He might come and leave. Who knows? I mean, he might. Um, he's probably not going to be here in 2022. So, that's why I just, I mean, I normally I'd, I'd be with you, yeah, 100%. Keep Rogers love and move on. But I'm just because of the unknown circumstances surrounding the, it's over, no, I'll, I'll call it the complicated circumstances surrounding Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Um, I would keep a third one, whether it's one of these, I mean, they have five. So if these young, if one of the young guys impresses, in, in, in camp and preseason, maybe you keep him. Um, he'll be in inactive every week anyway, hopefully, if, if Rodgers is there. So, um, 
That's, that's, I, yeah, I tend to disagree just slightly with you there. So you would keep a third, let's say Kurt, Kurt Benkert, for example, to kind of yeah. be the Jordan Love of 2020 to learn the offense, be a part of the practices in that regard for next season to potentially be the backup? Well, Is that your thing? Yes, yes. Or also as insurance that Roger, I mean, like if, if you're right, if, if they just keep Rodgers in love and then Rodgers bolts, you know, after game three, now you got love and maybe somebody picked up that other guy and he's on somebody else's practice squad or something. And now you're stuck with one quarterback. At worst, I'd keep a guy on, on, on the practice squad, but you didn't do practice squad. So I'm right. assuming if you only keep two, you'll keep, you'll put. Yeah, there'll absolutely be some on the practice yeah. squad. Yep. So Jason, that could, that could elude, elude my problem a little bit. So I, I don't disagree with Mark's idea about prepping for the future, but I think the Packers being as close as they were to a championship they realized that some of those roster spots, like you said, Paul, are valuable and may be better spent on game day at another position. And let's be honest, if the Packers are dipping into their third quarterback or they're putting a third quarterback active on game day, it just it, it's someone else that could impact the game on special teams or on offense or defense just isn't isn't getting that spot. So I think it, because that position is not as critical, it's one of those things where you, you put the player on the practice squad, you know they could get plucked, like Mark said, they could get plucked away and taken away. But it, once you get to that point, the Packers, you know, it becomes such a, a different team and they're so much less competitive anyway that you might as well just elevate that person if you need to each and every week and then just, just stick them back on the practice squad and, and let them, you know, let them be throughout. I mean, quarterbacks, it's, you know, it's interesting if there's a team that really likes them. I mean, we saw what happened when the Packers let go of Taysom Hill a couple of years ago yeah. and other teams have their eyes on guys teams you know teams get quarterback hungry i mean look at the packers right now the packers are signing quarterbacks like the bears had tight ends so i you know <laughs> I, I but i i think once you get to that point and because of who the quarterbacks are because it's a first round draft pick from last season and it's the future the, you know the future hall of famer and aaron rodgers assuming that he's back and he's going to play you know it, you, the drop off is so big after that. It, once you get to the third spot, that I think I think the Packers could just go with a practice squad body and then just elevate that person. So I'm more with you than not, Paul. Absolutely, and I will say one name to watch as training camp and preseason takes off is Kurt Benkert. Again, it was mini camp, it was OTAs, but there are a lot of apparently he the man can sling the ball. So regardless, it sounds like he'll be fun to watch, but. I mean, we don't know. Maybe the Packers do want to holster three quarterbacks again. It's something they've, they've not done every year, but they have done, you know, recently in the past as well. So someone to watch. Next, we'll move on to the running back position. So I will say that initially I was going to hold or keep three running backs on the roster, but I did a little digging. I went back to last year's f- initial 53-man roster, and they kept four. So in this situation, I only had two quarterbacks, so that inspired me to keep a fourth, in part because I am a big Patrick Taylor fan. So we know A.J. Dillon, we know Aaron Jones are going to be on the roster, and the last three spots, or last three running back options are Kylan Hill, Patrick Taylor, and Dexter Williams. So I kept everyone except Dexter Williams. Since he joined the Packers, the coaching staff has just had trust issues with him, uh, pass blocking he's had drops in the passing game and even in minicamp last week he had a fumble whereas kylan hill and patrick taylor i think that these two are really just tailor-made for this packers offense there's the obvious component of being ball carriers but both were effective in college in the passing game they're both very willing in the pass blocking game as well both have some not a lot but some experience in the slot so i'm 
I really like Patrick Taylor. I think everyone is under the assumption that Kylan Hill is going to be running back three. I still think that's up for grabs, but I like Patrick Taylor a lot. So I had four running backs on the roster at this point, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Kylan Hill and Patrick Taylor. Jason, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts? Well, so this is the one area where I think you see a big drop off because Jamal Williams wasn't going to mistake anybody for Latanian Tomlinson or Marshall Falk or anything like that. But he was really good and a very steady number two running back. A.J. Dillon, I don't have any any qualms about giving him more carries and opportunity to be that guy. I think he's just more of a little bit of an unknown. He didn't get that many snaps last year, flashed when he did. But the two guys at the bottom of the roster, a lot to prove. I'm going to trust the Packers on this one. It's one of those situations where they've shown that they've scouted well in the past. And, and even though you're talking about a seventh rounder, you could potentially be talking about two undrafted free agents, essentially. But Hill's got that speed. And Patrick Taylor's been with the team for a while. He knows the, the offense. Goody has that specific body type that he really likes when it comes to running back. So, I, I honestly, it's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon anyway. And I think the other two guys... We're not going to – if anybody's going to play that Tyler Irvin role, it's going to be Amari Rodgers, and he's, he may line up in the backfield at receiver. It's not going to be either of those other two guys as far as as far as far I know. I do have to say, though, Paul and Mark, it's funny. Every time I see a picture of the running back group or look at the roster and I see Dexter Williams' name on it, I absolutely and positively forget that he's still on it. That's I just I thought I thought the Packers moved on from him a couple of years ago. And all I think of when Dexter Williams gets the ball is is please hang on to the ball because he had a lot of fumble mm-hmm. issues. And so I think I think it's time. I mean, there's obviously a reason why the Packers added some uh, added a, a running back in the draft and did what they did to bring back Aaron Jones. You know, Dexter Williams, again, he's not going to mistake anybody for a big burner. So the position, if they stay healthy, is pretty stocked and loaded. We'll miss Jamal Williams, but I think they're going to be fine. I'll ask you this, Jason, before I kick it to Mark. Uh, as far as three running backs versus four, do you feel one way or the other at this point? So three gets – now we get into the quarterback situation discussion again about do you try to put someone on the practice squad, but you get really thin if Jones or Dylan gets hurt. And then what do you do if you, if you only have three on game day and then you're, you're going with some a lot of inexperience there? So I think if they can afford it, if they don't want to go with another linebacker or corner – or maybe even a safety. I would say I would say you go with four because you just you you need it. But the versatility factor is important there too. So if if they can you know if they pass block well and they're in the you know they're in the passing game plan, then it's a lot easier decision to keep four. If they're more pure running backs and it's just it's just backs in the backfield, could be one of those situations where the Packers surprise us and just go with three and just cross their fingers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, they went with three most of last year, if I'm not mistaken. It was, mm-hmm. it was Jones, um, Williams, and Dylan. And then, and then they would bring, they brought somebody off the um, practice squad a couple of times when a guy was nicked up. If you're only keeping two quarterbacks, you might be able, you could probably get away with four running back, especially, and we'll probably get to this later, but the first two weeks, and they may, yeah. I don't know what the future holds, but Jay Sternberger is not going to be on the 53 the first two weeks. Right. So you might keep a Patrick Taylor on the on the 53, at least for those two weeks, and then if, if Sternberger, if you are going to bring him back, maybe you can sneak Taylor on the practice squad. It's easier to get out of practice squad two weeks into the season than it is um, prior to the start of the season. That's when all the cuts are made and teams are scouring and looking and bang, guys get picked up here and there. Um, Two weeks into it, you usually like what you have unless you have an injury or something. So, yeah, I could see keep. I like all four of those guys. Like I said, I I was a Patrick Taylor fan, too. I I thought, you know, I liked them when they signed them as an undrafted free agent. I thought that was a good move, keeping them on the practice squad last year. Well, he was hurt. So they, mm-hmm. they kind of knew that he wouldn't play. Um, he's their kind of guy. I mean, you know, he can, run, you know, and so is the guy that, that, that they drafted. So um, if they're only keeping three, that's going to be a good, that's that's going to be one of those um, training camp battles to watch, as, as people like to call it, um, for that third spot. And you cut Dexter Williams, that, yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> he's from Notre Dame, of course. Oh, I didn't even realize. That. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, my initial thought was keeping three, but Mark, you already brought up Jay Sternberger, who we'll get to here shortly. He doesn't have to be on the roster. I only have two quarterbacks, so essentially, I guess depending how many tight ends I was planning to keep, and I'm not sure. Um, I technically had two roster spots available, and like I said, I'm, I'm really high on Patrick Taylor. But for a lot of these fringe guys, or all of these fringe guys, it's going to come down to training camp and the preseason. Well, let me add this too. A lot of it will depend on um, special teams. If yep. if Taylor and or Hill can contribute on special teams, and and I don't mean as a kick returner or a punt returner, but I'm talking like you know as a gunner or just a cover guy or whatever the case might might be, that goes that goes a long way. I know mm-hmm. from experience, you know, all my years covered. Um, that you know those those fifty fifty one fifty two fifty three guys on the roster, those last three four guys. They better help you on special teams, or that's that ha- that's how special teams aren't good. If, if if you're not keeping those backups to play special teams, you wind up with the kind of special teams the Packers have had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And special teams is a good segue into our next position group, wide receiver. So I think, and you guys obviously correct me if you feel differently, but I think we can all agree the first four spots are safe. Devontae Adams, MVS, Al Mazard, and Amari Rodgers. So then the question, there's two questions. How many receivers are the Green Bay Packers going to keep? For reference, last year they rostered five on the initial 53-man roster. However, as we've already discussed, I have a couple of openings because of how I constructed the roster so far. So I ended up keeping six. The two additional guys that I kept were one, Malik Taylor, because of special teams experience. I know he had his issues as a return man, but he was on 210 special team snaps. Uh, 
in his career way more than what Equinemia St. Brown has been a part of. So for me in deciding between those two, that was the, that was the difference maker. Um, I'm not expecting Malik Taylor be a big part of the offense, but what he can contribute on special teams. And then I decided to keep Devin Funches. I've written about it. I know I've talked about it on here, how he is just an absolute wild card this year. I could see him contributing, making an impact. I could see him being cut as well. But for this purpose, where we stand right now, if we look at his talent in a vacuum compared to the other guys that he's competing with, EQ, Malik Taylor, Reggie Begleton, all the other guys outside of that big four, he's clearly the more talented option than all those guys. But can he shake the rust off? How will he adjust to the offense are the two big questions. So, And we don't know that. So at this point in time, before training camp, before preseason, I gave him the benefit of the doubt since I was keeping six receivers. So Devontae Adams, MVS, Al Lazard, Amari Rogers. Malik Taylor and Devin Funches are my receivers. So, Mark, how many receivers do you think at this point they'll keep, and who are your who are your guys outside of that big four? Well, I'm with you. And one thing I'm noticing with this is that you like guys named Taylor. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you probably wish they brought Lane Taylor back. Yeah, I actually, I, I absolutely do. I do. <laughs> uh, your last couple of guys are all named Taylor, but um, yeah, I think. And again, you. I don't, I'm anxious to see how this goes on with you, especially maybe next week, but I don't know if you can keep four running backs. And see, again, you probably can without Sternberger. Um, mm-hmm. but that's, that's a big key. Gonna in all get, this. It's going to get a little, it's going to get a little, little, um, you know, tough when, if, and when he's ready to come back, because if you want to keep it now there, you could make the argument that you just let him go, but I, I, I don't think they'll do that. Um, yeah, the the top four obvious are obvious. I would keep Funches. I'm I'm with Funches that um, he's a proven. I know I, I know he's a wild card as you said, but he's also a proven commodity. Um, you know, at at his best, he's better than Lazard. I mean, I, and I like Lazard a lot, mm-hmm. um, but at his best, look, Lazard's best has never been as good as Funches' best. Um, you know, Funches has the pedigree. He was a high draft pick. Um, there's a lot of pluses. And keeping Funches now, will they? I think they will. Um, I, I we, we've talked about him. He he gives you what some other you know. He's that big red zone target. He's a pretty good blocker. Um, you know, they went out and got him last year for for a reason. Now, obviously, the the pandemic and him opting out was all you know. And I'm not going to hold that against him. That's his personal business. Um, yeah, so I think he makes it. And then again, Malik Taylor. <sighs> They like they seem he seemed to do a, like he seemed to do everything that they wanted him to do. Um, if he gets cut, it's not because he wasn't he did something wrong. It's just because they decided they only needed they only need five receivers because he's like you said he played over two hundred special team snaps. He actually when he when he was when he was in the offense he he did some things. I mean he mm-hmm. his numbers aren't going to jump off the page at you obviously, but. Like I, I would read stuff after the game, but you know, he was always in the right spot. He always he ran, you know, good routes. He blocks well. He does he does all the little you know, he does a lot of good things. So I think you want a guy like that on on your roster. Um and again, like you said, special teams is big and or like, or like I said earlier. I mean, listen, we did this show a couple weeks ago and you asked me what was my biggest concern, and it was special teams. So any anything that that can help the special the special teams I'm all for, and if that means keeping six receivers and one of them is Taylor simply because he's on, he's a good special teamer, put me down for it. How about you, Jason? Yeah, this is a 
kind of a tough position in a group because of all the different options. And I thought about the whole Funches thing. And, but the more that I, the point that you make about him having not played for a couple of years and the fact that at least for a time, I know Aaron Rodgers really liked Equinemia St. Brown. I know he dropped some balls and maybe that's changed now after the NFC championship game. And he had, had a couple of horrific drops and bad moments there. I mean, he had a really, he really struggled in 2020. And I thought, I thought EQ was going to bounce back and, and, be really good and be a bigger part of the offense. And maybe it was going to be kind of a, I wouldn't call it a breakout year, but a turn the corner kind of a year. I mean, I agree. He's got that upside, but how long do you wait for it? And you think about what the Packers didn't have. And you think about those drop passes. And I just think kind of to Mark's point without him having said it specifically is maybe you trust Funches a little bit more because he's more polished and he's got this, he's already got the pedigree and the skills and having played in the NFL and that the moment might not be too big for him. And maybe he makes that one critical catch in the postseason or in a key game late in the season. So I could see the Packers maybe stacking this position a little bit more because there's all that talk about weapons and you had the number one offense in the NFL last year. But the reality is, is that if he's healthy, Devontae Adams is going to catch you know a trillion balls because that's just who he is. So there's only one football to go around. But Alan Lazard, even though his skill set doesn't jump off the page at all, there's just something about him that just makes him so much more valuable. And maybe he's only as valuable as he is in Green Bay's offense. If he went somewhere else, he wouldn't be as good. But he he is really a true three. I mean, sometimes even a two, I guess you could you could say from the standpoint of how much he the quarterback looks for him and trusts him and throws to him in big moments and he just finds ways to get open, and he's got that moxie to him, too, which is that intangible that I like to talk about. So I could see the Packers keeping – I could see them keeping six. I don't. I think five is too few based on the talent that they have and the fact that they just drafted Amari Rodgers as well. So I'm good with your group, uh, Paul. Malik Taylor, if – you know, it, it, listen, for as undynamic as he was as a kick returner, for the Packers to put him out there week after week for the time that they did last year – they really like the guy. So there's something about Malik Taylor that they really like. And so I think you could you're I think you're onto something there that he's he's a guy that they really do want to want to keep around. And you mentioned Reggie Begleton, some of those other guys. I always like the receiver battles in camp because that's one of the one of those positions that's always really heated and you got a bunch of guys that are battling for it and diving and and you know making the the Training camp crowds go crazy, so I'm, I'm more looking forward to that. That's one of those Twitter refresh buzz type of things that we we always <laughs> talk about when it comes to training camp. There's and, another name. There's another name. I don't know if you mentioned him, Paul, but apparently he really looked good in, in mini camp in the OTAs. That's yep. Ken Winfrey from Colorado, yep. who's also a good special teams guy. So mm-hmm. he's. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have put him on my 53 on June 18th or June 19th, whatever. You know, right now, but he's a guy that, as camp progresses and a couple preseason games are played, he might steal a spot. He, uh, mm-hmm. You know, especially if Funch, like you said, if Funch is as rusty or if Taylor, if his, if this guy's just better than Taylor, maybe I don't know. Um, but this, I've heard a lot of good things about Winfrey. I really have. And um, the last sentence that I wrote in the receiver section was, however, one name to watch moving forward is Juwan Winfrey, <laughs> but impressive showing at minicamp. And I already know that Mark is just thrilled with my roster prediction so far, because at this stage of the game, we have two Notre Dame guys off the roster in EQ and Dexter. Oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't even realize. Wow, I didn't <laughs> and if you're a Notre Dame fan out there, I apologize. It wasn't intentional and forward all your um, – <laughs> <laughs> any any the, problems that you have to Mark yep. Echo? I'll keep all the if you want to give me a Notre Dame offensive lineman, send them over. You can keep all your <laughs> running backs, and quarterbacks, yeah. and I mean they haven't had a quarterback since Joe Montana. That was a hundred years ago. So, uh, you know. 
All right. Yeah, but anyway, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> On to the offensive line. So I kept nine offensive linemen. That is the amount that the Green Bay Packers kept a year ago. So our likely starters at some point, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and by having Bakhtiari on here, that also means I think he is going to be healthy enough, maybe not to start right away, but at least be on the 53-man roster. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner, Josh Myers. And then after that, Royce, New- Royce Newman, fourth-round rookie. He's gotten a lot of reps with the starters throughout minicamp. Ben Braden, there's a name I absolutely would not have had on the 53-man roster if it wasn't for Adam Stenovich's comments, saying that he's going to. he believes he will be competing for uh, playing time, starting time at guard and tackle. Whether that's true or not, we will see. But the fact that he thinks he has potential to start, that's certainly enough for me at this stage of the game to put him on the roster. John Runyon Jr., Lucas Patrick as well. And I know Lucas Patrick is a name that's come up as a possible cut candidate. And I'm not going to rule that out. There are some cap savings for the Packers. Not a ton. It's a little bit under $2 million, but they've just been nickel and diming their way. And again, this is one of those things that's going to come down to training camp because obviously they have a lot of young, which is important to note. They are young players, but they have several interior offense alignment on this roster who could potentially you know, take a roster spot from Patrick if the Packers feel that that's the move to make. But Similar to Funchess at this stage of the game, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and keep him on the roster. And as Mark's talked about, uh, having that extra competition, but also depth at center for rookie Josh Myers. The last spot, this was a tough one. So I have rookie Cole Van Lannan. I have him on the practice squad. And I gave this to Yosh Nijman, which I guess that was just a blind faith guess at this point i kept him because we know he has the size the athleticism where he's at in his development i have absolutely no clue whatsoever he was on the 53-man roster last year but even with all the injuries he barely barely saw any playing time i i often wonder if they just did that because they thought he might get poached by another team if he was on the practice squad because i really don't think that they had any sort of intention in playing him because he just isn't ready so this is a huge summer for him I kept him because of that upside and just hoping that he's put it together enough to at least garner a backup role. And also he's a true tackle, which is something that this roster as versatile as it is, doesn't really have outside of David Bakhtiari. So that's why I decided to keep Nijman um, on the roster. Those are my main reasons. But like I said, it's, it's a lot of just, you know, blind faith and hoping at this point. So Jason, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? I think you nailed it. I would have done the same thing. I mean, Van Landen, it's exciting. You want to give him the nod because he's younger and athletic and Yosh is a UDFA, but he's been around for a couple of years and he is, like you said, a, a pure tackle. So it it's this group is I'm just I really this is a really sneaky thing that I'm really, really pleased with the Packers about and how they've gone about constructing their offensive line. They've got themselves protected for the future. I mean, the one thing they, they obviously don't have is a left tackle who's ready to step in and be anything remotely close to what David Bakhtiari is. But show me any other team in the NFL that's got two starting caliber left tackles. So I'm not going to fault the Packers for that. I, I just think they've done such a great job and they've caught some flack for it because they didn't draft as many skill players at some positions or, you know, that big playmaking linebacker when you look at the second round. But after Elton Jenkins to see the Packers go second round offensive lineman, get Josh Myers, find their center. It's hard to think that they might not hit again on another gem. You know, John Runyon Jr. is 
coming up and ready to step in. I mean, this is the, the draft and develop process. The offensive line is one of those position groups that can sometimes take time to develop. The Packers have, they've got the guys. They've got the guys in the position that are primed to be what they need to be in years two, three. And then you've got some rookies that could potentially surprise us. I'm looking forward to see what Newman looks like out there. Lucas Patrick's a great security blanket. I mean, they've just got themselves covered. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just such an important position, and, and there's a, a lot to be said about all oh, that. You know, it, they didn't give Aaron Rodgers very much, many more weapons to throw to. It was just one third round wide receiver. But again, like I said in the last show, if he can't see the receiver because he's got defensive linemen breathing down his neck, or if he's on his back, then it doesn't matter how many great receivers or running backs there are. So I'm excited about the offensive line position, and I'm intrigued to see how many they keep. And who ends up kind of rounding out that bottom of the group, kind of like you said, Paul? Yeah, it's not a position that ever gets talked about, but this Packers team isn't as nearly as good as they were last year without this group. And even more impressive was all the injuries that happened and how they were just able to move guys around, take guys off the bench, and they still competed at a super high level. That's just that's not something that happens around the NFL. Typically, play as a unit is going to decline. And before I pass it to Mark, I'm going to say a Packer report this week. Mark had an article where he went through some offensive line combinations both now and looking ahead to the future a little bit. It was really, really well done, so check that out. So, Mark, how do you feel about the offensive line group that I put together? I'm with you for the most part. Um, I like you keeping Lucas Patrick because, as I pointed out in my story, and, and, and thank mm-hmm. you for the compliment, you have to – I mean, it's a couple million dollars. I mean, he's – if he was making $8 million, I'd say, yeah, I'm not keeping him for $8 million. I have other guys. It's only a couple million. He's so – I mean, he's first of all, he's pretty good. Let, let's start with that. He's not great, but he's pretty good. I'm not ready to start two rookies on the offensive line for a team that I think can get back to the, at least an MC championship game and maybe go to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to put – I'm not ready to start Newman or Runyon for that matter. I mean, Runyon maybe. He's a, He's been – at least he was in for a little bit of time. I think Newman might turn out to be a good player. and Even by, by 2022, maybe I'm starting him. But for this year, I want Patrick – and again – we all think, and and I agree with I agree with Jason's you know uh, assessment that you know Myers as a as a number two round pick could be come in and be a good you know good player, but he might not be you know he he might need a little time. Well, then you have Patrick at center. So yeah, I'm 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 glad you kept Lucas Patrick. I was worried that that you might not. <laughs> I'm not worried, but I was not going to phone you on 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 that one. A lot of people are saying, oh, yeah. hey, cut Patrick. We got all these other guys. I'm not. I don't think I'm keeping him, uh, Yash. I mean, mm-hmm. he could, as of today. Again, it's, it's June. Uh, he can go out and light it up in preseason, have a great camp, and, and look good in the in the in the preseason games. If that's the case, by all means, keep him. But today, I think I'm keeping uh, Stepaniak over him. Um, they thought enough of him last. They knew he wasn't going to play last year. They knew he had the knee injury, and he was going to be a, a redshirt rookie year for him. Yet they still a took him, b kept him, and even and even he didn't dress, but they activated him the last couple of weeks just just to get him on the field and practice and stuff. So I think, I mean, Neiman's had his chances. He he's been here a couple of years now. Um, I don't. I'm, I I as of today, I'm getting rid of Neiman and I'm and I'm keeping St- Stepaniak, um, just because I think they like him. I think he you know, um, Yash kind of he reminds me a little bit of the guy they had a couple of years ago, the light. Oh, yeah. I forget his first name now, but they, they kept him for a couple years. Mm-hmm. He actually had to play sometimes, and that was bad because in San Francisco in the regular yeah, season, that, that was yeah, bad. That, <laughs> that wasn't good. He so he actually proved he couldn't play. 
Um, <laughs> but they did keep him coming in. All of a sudden, they got better guys, and he mm-hmm. won. So I kind of think that could be the case there, too. I just – I think his ups – I mean, he, he's a monster of a man. I mean, he's a mm-hmm. huge body. Looks like looks the part, but – the fact that he really, like you said, he you know they had injuries. Like he 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 was never he was an afterthought the entire season. So I think, and the fact that they drafted a couple guys, even even I'm surprised you didn't keep the Badger. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> and and they might they may keep again again today yeah. as we're as we're speaking. I don't think he makes it either. I think he's matter of fact when um, the day after the draft, I I I talked to a personnel guy who kind of broke the Packers picks down for me. And his comment on Van Van, Van Lannan, is, is that what he's saying? Yeah. Um, his comment was, you know, not a bad pick for him there. They'll, they'll probably stash him on the practice squad for a year. He's not quite ready. He needs to develop, but he, but he might turn into something. So I think that would that's probably the Packers thinking on him, too, is we can probably stash him on the practice squad for, for a year, let him learn, uh, let him get a little stronger. And then, again, in 2022, he could be a backup for him. Yeah, I agree with everything you said on Yosh. It's <clears throat> for me, like I said, it was a just a blind guess and hope right. at this point that he had figured out. But if he's not on the roster, I won't be surprised. And they could, and they they could keep eight. They really they could they could you mm-hmm. know, go especially if if they go heavy a receiver and a running back. If if Yosh doesn't, if I wasn't going to keep Yosh, I'd probably go with Van Lan and. Over you know, Stepaniak because you know, no, it's not like that. It. It's just the ta- the the option to put him at tackle. Um, I think I, I just like having that. I guess additional security there. Well, I think they're okay at. I mean, so you don't count Jenkins as a tackle, do you? I think I think no, if somebody got hurt at tackle. Jenkins would he be your? I agree. No, you're right. Yeah. And Newman, and apparently they they gave Newman a lot of reps at right tackle mm-hmm. too. So no, I, you're right. I, I think they're in better shape at tackle than you think. Yeah, I mean, they have been the last two years because I've been very concerned about the tackle position. Oh, I would say. Happily proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we come to find out that Billy Turner is a better tackle than he is a guard. Yeah, who would have guessed that? Nobody. <laughs> Usually guys are better. If they play them both, they're better at guard. Mm-hmm. Not Billy Turner. So. <laughs> All right. So that's okay. our offensive line group. Last one for today, the tight ends. Uh as Mark had already mentioned, Jay Sternberger is serving a two-game suspension. So the Green Bay Packers don't have to have him on the 53-man roster. If he is still on the team come week three and they decide to put him on, they'll have to make a cut from somewhere else. If he was going to be on, if he wasn't suspended and he was a candidate to be on the initial 53-man roster, I will say that I would have kept all five tight ends and I probably would have, you know, taken Patrick Taylor off to create that additional spot initially because on the defensive side of the ball, I don't really have any positions that I can cut from. So it's either going to be a receiver or a running back. So I will just say that if he was available, I would have kept all five tight ends, but since he's not available for the initial 53 man roster, and that's what this prediction is, I thought putting this group together was pretty easy. Robert Tunyon, Josiah Deguara, Mercedes Lewis, and Dominique Daphne. So I'm going to make the assumption that you guys feel similarly. So I guess I'll ask you if Sternberger was available, would you keep five? Would you keep four? Do you think he's going to be on the roster when he's able to return? What are your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I think Sternberger stays. I I don't unless something goes south with this off field situation that we don't know about. He's going to stay on the roster. They made a high investment pick with him, and they're going to at least see his contract through. So he's he's in. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be part of the team. And and uh, unless there's some unforeseen I- issue there, 
DeGuara, I'm really excited about seeing. He, in very limited action, looked like he could carve himself out, out a nice role in the offense. I have to wonder what it would have looked like if he had a, his whole rookie season to be out there. And the other, the others, you know, Daphne is is. Don't forget about the special teams contributions there. He played played really well, made some really good plays on special teams. Got in on the offense a little bit there too. Mercedes Lewis, you can never you can never have. Well, I guess you could have too many guys like that that are, that are not super fast and dynamic. But for the leadership role and the dirty work that he's asked to do and for his ability to stand up guys like Khalil Mack one-on-one if he absolutely has to. I mean, until he can't do it anymore, he's not going to play. But he knows he still can. And so he's one of those guys where it's like it's almost kind of like Brett Good all those years where it's like, oh, they're bringing Good back. Nice. I'm glad. That's a security blanket. You just feel better when they're on the team versus when they're not. So it's and uh, you know Tunyon is a, is a given. I I don't think he's going to come out and light it up as much as he did this last season. He's going to have more focus on him, and uh, for whatever reason, I think he might come back down to earth, regression to the mean, if you want to call it that. But the Packers tight end group is still pretty pretty good. They look pretty good. They're a dynamic group, a, a dynamic enough to where I think if it's Rodgers throwing the ball, he can make more out of what they are just because of of his skills and ability to throw the football. So. It's a good group. It's an it's a stable group, and and again, if they're returning the the entire unit from last year, and they had a good offensive output, then you would expect a lot of the same from that group this year. Maybe a little bit of a progression, but I'm good with it. And yeah, I think Sternberger's back when he comes back. Think of all those years since between basically Jermichael Finley and last year, where the tight end group on this team was just. A giant question mark year after year, but that is not the case in 2021. Mark, what are your thoughts on the tight ends? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine. And I actually wrote this, I don't know, a week or two weeks or whatever it was, uh, sorting out the tight end room. It's hard to imagine that that a team would keep five tight ends. It really is. Um, I mean, that's a lot of tight ends. You you know, that's almost 10% of your roster is tight ends. Uh, But with that said, DeGuara and Daphne both are mm-hmm. kind of like not just they're not they're not your pure Mercedes Lewis type tight end. You know? Right. Like Mercedes Lewis is a tight end. That's what he is. He's actually a, a glory. You know, he's both part, part tackle. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But uh, but DeGuara and Daphne could both line up in the backfield. They both have lined up in the backfield as a fullback, H back. So those two guys, you can do a lot of different. They're, they're not just pure tight ends. Um, Tanya is Tanya. And he, you know, I. I'm not so sure I agree with Jason that he, that he comes back. I think he might just get better and better and become one of the best tight ends in, in, in the game. Um, Sternberger, I guess they bring him back. Now, it depends on how they feel about his indiscretion that that cost him two two games. That's going to cost him two games as, as a suspension. He's been a disappointment mainly because he can't stay on the field. You know, I wonder this. I wonder if they knew – that Tanyan was going to be as good as he was last year if they even ever take Sternberger, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Sternberger when they took him. I thought it was good. I, I was excited about that that pick. I thought he was, you know, a pretty good player in college. Um, if they keep him, it's be, I think it's because as good as this group is, you know, Mercedes Lewis is, what, 30, he's 37? He's not mm-hmm. going to, you know, he very easily could retire after this year, especially if the Packers get do, you know, let's, Fingers crossed, get to a Super Bowl and maybe win it. Why not go out on top, right? I mean, he's going to retire soon. Um, so you know, so he he. And if you're looking past 2021, which the Packers normally do, they kind of they do have an eye on the year years ahead. You know, Lewis 
very well could not be on a team in 2022. If Tunyon has a big year, you know, he's going to be a free agent. He might, you know, the Packers are going to have some cap issues again next year. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what his status is going to be in 2022. So you could lose if, you know, if you get rid of Sternberger this year, he's going to get picked up. You're not getting him onto the press. Somebody's going to, he was a third round pick. Some team's going to say, hey, we, you know, we were going to take him. They took him a little ahead of us. Let's give him a shot. So, He's not going to make it. He's not going to make it back to your practice squad or anything like that. So, if you let Sternberger go and then you lose Tunyon and Lewis in the offseason between between twenty one and twenty two, now you're coming back in twenty two with just Deguara and Daphne. And Daphne, like he did, he he opened a lot of eyes at the end of last season and and actually you know dressed for the playoff games and stuff. But we don't know. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of guys look good at the end of a year and then you never hear from them again. So. He's, you know, he's, they get, they need to keep Sternberger just because, I think. And like I said, unless there's, like, I don't know, Jason, you might have put it out, unless there's more to this, you know, him getting, you know, falling asleep at the wheel and whatever happened that night. And, and that was back in 2020 when it happened, right? Yep. That whole thing. So whatever happened that night, I'm sure the Packers have much more info and much more about exactly what, you know, they've talked, I'm sure they've talked to him about it and they, they have all the details. Um I think I think he'll be back. So, but when he and but like I said, the first two weeks you don't have to worry about about him counting on the roster. Um, keep the you know have the four and then, you know after two weeks, God forbid, but somebody could have a little injury that you that you put down for a few weeks and and you activate them. So yeah, I, I have no no issues with the tight ends. Yeah, I thought you brought up a couple of good points there, and for me with Sternberger. It's still too early to uh, give up give up on him at this point. If he can actually if he can stay healthy and we can get you know a decent sample size of what he can do, uh, I think that they they still need to see that from him. And another big factor in this that you mentioned as well is we don't know what next year holds for Tunyon or really this tight end group as a whole. I mean, it could look way different. Tunyon may go somewhere else because you can't afford him. Lewis could retire. Dominique Daphne and Jay Sternberger might not take that step forward that we hope. And all of a sudden, a year from now, it's Josiah DeGuara and yeah. whoever else, you know. <clears throat> so a lot and of questions. have to spend a draft pick on one, you know, yep. another high draft pick. So a lot of unknowns potentially, potentially in the future. But as we sit today, this tight end group looks really, really well put together. Are you so, sure? Because I keep hearing that the Packers didn't don't give any weapons to Aaron Rodgers. Right, I know, right? The league's best receiver, top five running back, top offense, top left tackle, overall top offensive line unit. Goodness, if only. I mean, of all the, we just went over the, the offense, and we had we 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 talked about the how how tough it is at wide receiver because they have so many. How the tight ends? You want to keep three or four, you know, running backs. It sounds to me like they have a lot of weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. that's that's certainly not the issue. And imagine if they kept Jay Coomer out. Right. <laughs> well, I know one guy who'd be a lot happier. Yeah, Rogers would be in camp right now, so it'd all be solved. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, we will wrap this up as we always do. We always, of course, appreciate you guys tuning in. Mark, what's coming up this upcoming week over at Packer Report? Well, um, I have a story up now about three players and we could talk about this next week we'll be talking more defense i have i said the packers defense is is i think going to be good this year but there's three players that could make this that could turn it from good to very good so i'm not going to tell you who they are you're going to have to read the story or, or listen to us next week when we talk about the defense how about you jason 
So quick slants depends on what's going on. I, I kind of just been rolling with the topic du jour or whatever it is that I've been able to pull up. So we'll see what's going on with quick slants. It's TBD, but it'll be something nice, short, quick hitting to the point and hoping some news breaks, but nothing too crazy, please, universe. <laughs> and for me on Friday over at GZ TV, I had an article out about Billy Turner, basically how we, as Mark alluded to, there was that just bumpy 2019 first season here in Green Bay, but how he really provided stability with his versatility and just high level of play this last season. And with some unknowns might be a strong word, but there's some how the offensive line is going to be configured early on this season. There are some unknowns, question marks in that regard. And again, Matt LaFleur wants to put the best five out there and Billy Turner with his ability, what we saw last year to just move from position to position and still play at a fairly high level makes that doable and this unit as a whole better. Um, As far as what else is coming, we'll just have to see what happens and what pops in my brain or any news that breaks. So as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Take care. As Jason always says, take care, stay safe, and (laughs) go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.